0: Hi, everyone. Matt here. The current book we're reading is Peter Pan, and we started it in episode 15. So if you haven't been listening to the podcast so far, I would suggest going back to episode 15 so that you know what's going on. If you're brand new to the podcast, I'd say go back to episode two, where we read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, and you can binge all the way from there. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. I'm David Cox. And I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we are looking at chapter nine of Peter Pan, which is The Neverbird.
1: It is The Neverbird.
0: Yes, I was listening yeah. to it yesterday. I was doing a last minute 10 o'clock edit before it came out today. Swatting
1: up before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's...
0: So last week we ended with a cliffhanger of Peter Pan might not make it off of Marooner's Rock. It was pretty heartbreaking. actually. Mm.
2: Almost literally a cliffhanger. I don't think yeah. it was hanging off the cliff, but it's the closest we've <laughs> got.
0: So. He is in peril, though. So yes. the Lost Boys were sunbathing and interrupted the pirates trying to kill Tiger Lily by leaving her on Marooner's Rock. Peter Pan impersonated Captain Hook and got them to release her. Then a fight ensued and Captain Hook clawed Peter twice with his hook and all of the pirates got away. But the boys ended up taking the boat and thought that Wendy and Peter might make their own way back to the island. But Wendy and Peter are in fact stuck on the rock still. And then Michael's kite blew up on the shore and Peter sent Wendy off on it. And Peter's sat there all alone, waiting for the inevitable drowning that's coming
2: i was thinking about this part of me thinks he's like he's one of these people that will allow things to happen so that he has a story to say right like, there was probably opportunities for him to get home but he would rather have a better story to tell like I've got, I've got a friend i've got a friend like that who he went on a big long bike ride uh during the lockdown and he his his tire burst and people offered him lifts um and to, and to fix his puncture and all that sort of thing he's like no no i'll walk home and then he moaned about it for the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs> it's like we people offered you and then he went out another time and he didn't bring a puncture repair kit and only brought six fox glassy to <laughs> to <eat. laughs> that essential item your weight your, it's like you're you're doing as many things as possible so that drama happens yeah i think this is what peter pan does
0: it was these high drama people isn't it But then that is uh, fitting for Peter because in the flight chapter, it did say that he does everything at the last minute as well. Mm -hmm. If someone needs saving, I'll do it at the last minute because it's more exciting and it's more interesting. So he may be pulling something out the bag. Yeah, he is. He's an adrenaline junkie. So it'll be interesting to see if he pulls something out the bag last minute just before he goes under or something. Uh, We'll see what happens. The Neverbird, Jay and Barry again, not really giving much away in terms of where this chapter could be heading. No, I just
1: thought it was going to... Because the Neverbird was mentioned like super briefly and I just thought it was going to be one of those passing whims and then all of a sudden, an entire chapter.
0: Yeah, it seems to be integral to the story. So who knew? Who knew? But all kind of going into this chapter blind. Last chapter, I had an idea of what was going to happen because it's in the film, but the Neverbird never appears in the film. So... We're all blind in terms of what could happen with this, so I'm actually quite interested in... I don't know character.
1: why, but th- in my head, this Neverbird looks like Kevin from Up. Yes, that's
2: exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Here, snipey, snipey. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Peter yeah, going to do. It's a
0: girl. <laughs> it's a snipe. There's only two chapters on two little paragraphs on lit charts about this chapter. So it's either really short or really boring. <laughs> yeah, nothing happens. <laughs> it is quite short. I'll give you that. Should we jump in then? Find out yeah. what he's like? See let's... if Jane Berry actually does a description of the Neverbird or if he does a, a carol and just goes, the Neverbird. Oh, don't. And just that's it. It's a picture <laughs> Neverbird was sitting on a nest Look at the picture
1: <laughs> let's, not, let's not rehash all of the uh, the vitriol Matt you had towards him <laughs> About the mock turtle
2: Yeah.
1: Chapter 9 The Neverbird The last sound Peter heard Before he was quite alone Were the mermaids retiring one by one To their bedchambers under the sea He was too far away To hear their doors shut but every door in the coral caves where they live rings a tiny bell when it opens or closes, as in all the nicest houses on the mainland, and he heard the bells. Steadily the waters rose till they were nibbling at his feet, and to pass the time until they made their final gulp, he watched the only thing on the lagoon. He thought it was a piece of floating paper, perhaps part of the kite, and wondered idly how long it would take to drift ashore. Presently he noticed, as an odd thing, that it was undoubtedly out upon the lagoon with some definite purpose, for it was fighting the tide, and sometimes winning. And when it won, Peter, always sympathetic to the weaker side, could not help clapping. It was such a gallant piece of paper.
0: So Peter's sitting on an island... About to, to die. die. Yeah. And, he's, yeah. and he's like, yay, yeah. yeah, the, <laughs> the paper! made it over the, over the wave. Woo! Yeah. the like priorities che- are not in order. No. It's
1: like cheering on a crisp packet in the wind, isn't it?
0: It's like yeah. poo sticks, but without the competition or anyone yeah. to kind of compete against. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the first stage, isn't it? Denial, isn't that the first stage of grief? Probably.
1: <laughs> it was not really a piece of paper. It was the never bird. Making desperate efforts to reach Peter on the nest. By working her wings, in a way she had learned since the nest fell into the water, she was able to some extent to guide her strange craft, but by the time Peter recognized her, she was very exhausted.
0: So the Neverbird's just like canoeing her way over.
1: In in, in, the kayaking her way
0: in the nest. Yes front crawl. Nice. not would be okay.
2: devastated after, like, we're thinking, oh, there's going to be some sort of rescue, and the neverbird is, like, suddenly flightless, like a dodo. Yeah, he's
0: like, a, yeah, <laughs> an ostrich. <laughs> I've come but to rescue
2: you. <laughs> if, she, if she's got her
0: little Penguin. nest,
1: though, you know, she might be able to be like, hop in here. She had come to save him, to give him her nest, though there were eggs in it. I rather wonder at the bird, for though he had been nice to her, he had also sometimes tormented her. I can only suppose that, like Mrs. Darling and the rest of them, she was melted because he had all his first teeth.
0: This is still really creepy. The whole first how teeth people thing. think Yeah, how people think that baby teeth are really cute. For some reason, for me, something with tiny little teeth is just terrifying. <laughs> Do you well, know what I mean? No, like, could you imagine anything worse than a baby? Imagine a baby being born with a full set of teeth.
2: yeah that's terrifying yeah that's
0: what i mean that's not cute have you ever seen the
2: x-ray of a child's mouth with all of the so it's got the adult teeth behind behind. oh it grew oh no look a shark it is savage
1: that is creepy she called out to him what she had come for and he called out to her what she was doing there but of course neither of them understood the other's language In fanciful stories, people can talk to birds freely, and I wish for the moment I could pretend that this was such a story, and say that Peter replied intelligently to the never bird. But truth is best, and I want to tell you only what really happened. Well, not only could they not understand each other, but they forgot their manners. And this is where we start to hear the bird sort of talking in No way some kind of
0: strange. is he speaking course, in English, but obviously Yeah, so it's written in English. You're hearing the intent, but Peter hears just squawks or something. Exactly.
1: We're getting the translation here. So what does the Neverbird sound? What does she sound like?
0: Can we make him kind of like seagully? It's a like girl, my, Matt.
1: My? It's a it's a lady.
0: Oh. So say seagulls can't be girls. Well, Sexist. I was gonna yeah, or add like a Donald Ducky <laughs> kind of thing on there, because you know he kind of talks through a quack.
2: Yeah. Uh
1: literally can't Remember what Donald Duck sounds
0: like. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hope that I, I, I love that we've more finally more. found an accent that Josh can't do. Oh yeah,
2: duck that famous accent. Yeah, it's a spotlight accent. <laughs> yeah, General American,
0: Yorkshire, duck, Italian. <laughs> 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 maybe we maybe we go back to more of a sea gully kind of kind of vibe
1: uh, something
0: seagully, yeah okay. mine okay
1: mine yeah uh, okay
0: yeah. i want you to get into the uh, nest uh. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: have no idea i what think it, it worked fine yeah okay great if you're happy yeah, yeah.
0: i don't <laughs> the think bird. she talks for very long
2: i hope not <laughs> she's got a song <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be- it's the Bee Gees. It's an entire song. <laughs> Let's all agree that if the if the, if the Neverbird ever has, a, ever has a song, it's got to be Bee Gees style, yeah? Well, oh, okay, yeah. Neverbird! Neverbird! Neverbird!
1: Neverbird! The bird called, speaking as slowly and distinctly as possible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then you can drift ashore, but I.
1: I am too tired to bring it any nearer, so you must try to swim to it. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's literally can I just uh, I want to exp- slightly justify my choice here every single word is there's no spaces it's just a hyphen between each word
0: ah
1: so it's written like word hyphen word hyphen word. so
0: he's obviously in the punctuation trying to give it that sense of ah 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 yeah, you know that kind so. of yeah squawking I think so. yeah. <laughs> didn't sound like squawking <laughs> <laughs> didn't sound like sex noises
2: oh yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, a little insight to my personal life there.
0: (laughs) Or David's, because he's the one who says it sounds like it. (laughs) Yes, apparently.
1: (laughs) What are you quacking about? Peter answered. Why don't you let the nest drift as usual?
2: I want you,
1: the bird said, and repeated it all over. Then Peter tried slow and distinct. What are you doing? Quacking about. (laughs) (laughs) And so on. The Neverbird became irritated. They have very short tempers. You tend little Jay! She screamed. Why don't you do as I tell you?
2: (laughs) The little fork. I like the little squeak at the end, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Peter
1: felt that she was calling him names, and at a venture, he... Retorted hotly. So were you! <laughs> then, rather curiously, they both snapped out the same remark Shut up! Shut
2: up! up! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shut up! <laughs> this is sounding like a British person in Benadorm. <laughs> where it's like, Can I have some chips, please? Care? Chips! Care? For four! Chips! <laughs> <laughs> it's like lost in translation, shallow. Who oh, no, knows, omelette, por favor. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nevertheless, the bird was determined to save him if she could. And by one last mighty effort, she propelled the nest against the rock. Then up she flew, deserting her eggs so as to make her meaning clear. Then at last he understood and clutched the nest and waved his thanks to the bird as she fluttered overhead. It was not to receive his thanks, however, that she hung there in the sky. It was not even to watch him get into the nest. It was to see what he did with her eggs. There were two large white eggs, and Peter lifted them up and reflected. The bird covered her face with her wings, so as not to see the last of them, but she could not help peeping between the feathers.
0: If I was in that situation and I had two massive eggs that I was trying to keep hold of, I'd definitely put them down my shirt and pretend they were boobs. Just <laughs> I'm not saying that's his priority right. at the moment, because the time No, but when, when she's like <laughs> waiting to see what Peter was going to do with the eggs, I'd blatantly just imagine him sitting there like... <laughs> <laughs> you child. Hey, he's a child, so this is yep. what I'm expecting him to do. Yeah, I'll, but he's I'll a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she said technically, she's completely come to terms with the fact that he might just grab her eggs and throw them into the sea or something and like
1: that's quite a big sacrifice on her part i forget whether i have told you that there was a stave on the rock driven into it by some buccaneers of long ago to mark the site of buried treasure the children had discovered the glittering hoard, and when in a mischievous mood used to fling showers of moidors diamonds pearls and pieces of eight to the gulls who pounced on them for food and then flew away, raging at the scurvy trick that had been played upon them.
0: Just I mean, the pirates the haven't found it. If they've been taking people to Marooner's Rock all this time to kill them, yeah. I'm, I mean, unless the pirates have added to it, I don't know, but you'd think that Captain Hook and his band of men would be interested in treasure. Fee true.
1: The stave was still there, and on it, Starkey had hung his hat, a deep tarpaulin watertight with a broad rim. Peter put the eggs into his hat and set it on the lagoon. It floated beautifully. The neverbird saw at once what he was up to and screamed her admiration of him and, alas, Peter crowed his agreement with her. Then he got into the nest, reared the stave in as its mast and hung up his shirt for a sail. At the same moment, the bird fluttered down upon the hat and once more sat snugly on her eggs. She drifted in one direction, and he was borne off in another, both cheering. Of course, when Peter landed, he beached his bark, small ship, actually the Neverbird's nest in this particular case in point, in a place where the bird would easily find it. But the hat was such a great success that she abandoned the nest. It drifted about till it went to pieces, and often Starkey came to the shore of the lagoon, and with many bitter feelings watched the bird sitting on his hat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll nick my hat. As we shall not see her again, it may be worth mentioning here that all neverbirds now build in that shape of nest, with a broad brim on which the youngsters take an airing. Great were the rejoicings when Peter reached the home under the ground, almost as soon as Wendy, who had been carried hither and thither by the kite. Every boy had adventures to tell, but perhaps the biggest adventure of all was that they were several hours late for bed. This so inflated them that they did various dodgy things to get staying up still longer, such as demanding bandages, but Wendy, though glorying in having them all home again, safe and sound, was scandalised by the lateness of the hour. And cried to bed, to bed, in a voice that had to be obeyed. Next day, however, she was awfully tender and gave out bandages to everyone, and they played till bedtime at limping about and carrying their arms in slings. End of chapter.
2: That day was a write off. Then they did like they the day before. There was like adventure, sword fights, and then they spent a whole day going oh my arm let's pretend to have four yeah. arms. <laughs> that was definitely sunday in neverland wasn't it it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: there are kids who are like that though if if you have um plasters with their favorite cartoon character on it or something like that hmm. you'll always see them going oh i need a plaster on my knee and it's just because they want thomas the tank engine we, on their knee it's got nothing to do with wouldn't? anything at
2: my primary school my infant school they used to have like stickers for doing good work, but they also had an "I bumped my head" sticker, so that the kid had it on their jumper, <laughs> so that mum, mum or dad, when they were picking them up, like, oh, so little, knew little they gimmicks. had a concussion. But <laughs> everyone saw that as like a proper like badge of honour or like a cool thing to have. So people were like, I went to war. I li- no, I literally, fight. I literally remember like hitting my head on purpose on like the side of the little wooden train, and be like, look, I hurt myself and getting
0: a sticker.
1: You've got the sticker.
0: There's <sighs> yeah, just David headbutting the wall intentionally. Have in I done it? five. To <laughs> you really were the special one <laughs> in the class, weren't you, David? Yeah. Well, that was quite uneventful, really, as a chapter and very short. Yeah,
2: yeah. I. I, th-
0: I don't quite see why that chapter wasn't just tacked onto the end of the last one. Well,
2: there wasn't any peril. Like, in every single no. chapter, there's been some sort of, like, obstacle. But that was like, yeah, Bird turns up. You can use my nest. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Got home. The only peril was they were late for bedtime.
0: I just feel that maybe he left the last chapter where he did, just so it seemed like it was going to be more of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Because I understand if he'd gone all the way to the end and made it all one chapter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, then- the last chapter, like, ended in such a way. That was a good place to have a commercial break,
0: wasn't it? At the end yeah. of the last chapter. But you'd expect there to be more on the other side of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, other than the fact they couldn't understand each other for a minute, it all just went quite smoothly, didn't it?
0: I would have ended the chapter probably with the bit where Hook strikes Peter twice and then, like, the Lost Boys seeing him go down. Yeah. And end it there. And then do the whole thing of them trying to get off the as the next chapter afterwards because then you yeah. have a bit more meat to it. Because then you still get that, is he dead, is he not? Yeah, True. Um, there's not really much to analyse with that, I don't think. Well, no, I'm kind of looking at lit charts here. (laughs) Lit Lit charts! It just kind of says more of an analysis just to find out why Peter saves the eggs. Kind of shows that he has a little bit of... Maybe he could see the care and anxiety of the bird and was trying, obviously, to help because she's helping him. So it shows that Peter does have... Some kind of good qualities as well. He is able to empathize with another creature, out, you know, away from himself. Because that's something we've been quite worried about with him up till now. There has been a distinct lack of empathy on his part.
1: We talked a lot about uh, Peter and Hook being really, really similar, and I th- yeah. said I quite like the fact he does have some qualities that make him a hero. And then we're like, but does he? Um, and I think like now he's done a couple of things. He's you know saved Wendy's life over his own even though he was probably the one who got everyone into trouble in the first place. But, you know, when push came to shove, he made that choice. And here again, he valued life over destruction, which I think is another one of those things that just categorizes a hero over a.
0: Yeah. Although what's quite funny is the next sentence just completely throws what I just said in through a bit of a loop because it says, actually, perhaps he helps her simply because she helped him and the rules of fairness would require it. Ah. It is not necessary to feel anything in order to follow a rule. So it's also then putting a spanner in the works and saying that maybe Peter helps because fairness requires it and his obligation to being fair rather than actually because he empathizes in any way with the bird and its situation.
1: Oh, I don't like that one as much. No, I know.
2: Does that mean so he'd like, like, he be doing that for everything in life? Like every... Making
0: everything Yeah, fair. like down
2: to the smallest things.
1: So you could even say then that this that rescuing Wendy was like, oh, well, when you first arrived, you know, the people that I'm responsible for nearly killed you. So now to balance that out, I should save your life.
0: Yeah, maybe you could say that, yeah, even go further and say that his sacrifice was merely paying back rather than actually because of any kind of feelings. So,
2: but now if he was even... So, if if in the terms of that sort of f- fair equilibrium paradox, and now they're even. So now, if Wendy was in peril, would he just
0: shrug his shoulders and go, "I don't know yeah, anything," and just leave her to it? We're all square <laughs> now. Well, i i I don't I don't think that him saving Wendy was because of fairness. He does no. definitely have a special place for mothers and his mother figure in wendy as he said in the earlier chapter you know we serve wendy because she's um her she's our mum, and girls are worth more than boys are because they're mothers so he definitely has this higher view of mothers and wendy as a result of that Mm. so i feel like he probably saved her because he defers to her in that way and sees her as an authority figure even though she doesn't really technically have any kind of authority because she is a girl at the end of the day rather than an adult. that's all they've got. Yeah. So what's coming up in the next chapter then? I'm hoping that we kind of get to something a bit more meaty. The chapter before, uh, the pirates made a little thing about, oh, maybe we should steal Wendy and make her our mother and make the boys walk the plank. So I'm hoping that that plan doesn't disappear like the chocolate cake one does and actually materializes into some kind of story arc for the rest of the book
1: well just looking at the the title of the chapter it doesn't fill me with you know excitement mild peril and oh dear and what is it? is it just chapter, like the, it's the darling goes to <laughs> 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 oh. chapter 10 is called the happy home
2: oh we've done okay. that
1: <laughs> i know we did all that business haven't we we did the home yeah. under the ground, we've done he, all the
0: he loves uh. a twee title doesn't he barry hopefully it's the opposite like hopefully, like
2: captain hook like burns everything
0: yeah but if you read just the chapter titles i would expect a book like something beatrix potter yeah. or it's got right? that kind of yeah. very country nice no one dies nothing bad happens all the chapters have that kind of vibe about them Mm. And I'm like, this is an event, a children's adventure novel. Like, this should have some kind of treasure island, high stakes, black spot, people coming after you.
1: Then again, we're only a little way over halfway through this book. So but this is
0: it we're halfway through the book oh yeah equally
1: we are halfway through the book. i should know
0: book. where it's going i should <laughs> have some kind of there should have been a setup there should have been a this is what our heroes are trying to achieve yeah. and and it's obviously a thing of the era because alice's adventures in wonderland was exactly the same we got halfway through the book and i'm like i still don't know what alice is trying to achieve or what she wants like a mini saga she's just kind of bumbling along and life well, just kind of with, happens to her
1: with alice we didn't even know that by the end end
2: because no not so absurd like she just about grows as a person
0: just yeah but you wonder if this is the thing of the genre is it just this is that what was in fashion just these stories of these children who go on these marvelous adventures but really they're just like a leaf on a stream just kind of being pushed wherever they need to go by the author rather than actually taking any kind of Dis, you know uh, decision making or choices to actually direct their own destiny or try and actually achieve something
1: there's gotta be i mean this is a piratey you know redskins and 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 little whatever's kind of wild animals and there's
0: gotta be something that's coming up surely murderous mermaids i just all, all i want is somebody to make a plan and try and action it that's that's all I want. I just want someone to be decisive. We
1: want a super objective here.
0: Yeah, I want an objective. I want an end goal. And at least the pirates have given me that. Let's kidnap Wendy and make her our, our, our mother. Okay, great. Someone's trying to achieve something. Maybe the kids don't have the yeah, nuance because... to be able to do that. They just let stuff happen to them. Yeah, maybe the maybe it is just a wider thing of of Barry again trying to make a comment on children and the fact that really, yeah, as children, life happens to you because you are not in control of your own destiny because your parents make the like decisions when they found the
2: treasure. Was that just circumstantial?
0: Well, yeah, I think so. They just happened upon it.
2: They weren't like, ah, oh, we heard, we heard, we heard through the grapevine that the pirates buried some treasure, so let's nick it and feed it to the seagulls. They were just like,
0: ugh. No, they were probably just sunbathing and found it and thought, "Ha ha! Let's pretend it's food and get the birds to eat it." Not let's gather it all together and buy a limousine or something. <laughs> be a random chapter. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, there's no roads. <laughs> just the lost boys in a strip club, just like making it rain. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tinkerbell's there, just like.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, as as uh, Josh said, her red bedroom definitely sounded like a a borrower's whorehouse yes, so. <laughs> <did>. <laughs> you're a borrower not
2: a whore <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well if you've got any comments or insights about this chapter we'd love to hear them because we don't know what to make of it and you can email us on the at at gmail.com
2: or hit us up on twitter we are at lazy book club pod
1: and we're exactly the same on our Instagram at Club Pod.
0: We really do appreciate you guys sticking with us through lockdown. We know that with people not commuting to places that uh, podcasts haven't been listened to as much, people don't have the time as much because they're staying at home. So we really do appreciate you guys sticking with us and listening through the book with us do keep getting in contact we love to see your messages we love to hear your ideas we love to see your fan art i think yes, Dick fingers is a favorite of mine <laughs> <laughs> so please do keep it coming in and we will see you next week for a happy home the happy home. the happy home damn it got the word wrong we'll <laughs> see you then